Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach, Samantha Shatek teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hello, my friend. How are you today? I am recording today and we are talking about thoughts. And this is the second podcast in a series of five and it's all about the mindset model. So last week, if you listened to that podcast, it was about what the mindset model is and a brief overview. And then I went into the first part of the mindset model, which was circumstances. So today I'm talking primarily about thoughts. Now, I'm just going to be honest today. I am recording this late and I have to get this podcast out Um, I had a friend come visit last week, and so I am behind in my recordings, and this is a perfect example where I can demonstrate where thoughts come into play in our life. So it would have been really easy for me to not record this podcast or have it come out a day late or even a half a day late, but because I am choosing to have the thoughts that include the following. Um, So I wrote this down. Um, The reason that I'm recording this right now is because I made a commitment to myself. And it's really important to me that I keep most, first and foremost, the commitment to myself. But also, I've also made a commitment and a promise to you, the listener, and you expect a podcast to come out every Friday. And, you know, I'm not feeling that great. I've had a lot of emotional turmoil. Um, But I am practicing what I preach. And even though sometimes it's hard, it is okay to show up, still have feelings and do the thing anyway. So here I am. And I want to talk to you today about our thoughts. And some of this might be a little bit of a repeat from last week, but I just wanted to really dive in deep to this subject. Our brain's job is to think thoughts. That's what it does. But the problem is our thoughts that we're thinking might not be true and probably a lot of things we're thinking don't really serve us, even if they're true, even if it's true. It is super hard to become aware or to be aware of all the thoughts that we think in a day because give or take, we have about 60,000 thoughts a day and it's just impossible, but we can start with one thought at a time. Now, most of our life is run by 95% of our brain that is our subconscious programming. And we're going to dive into that today because I think it's super important and it's life-changing. So I'm going to say that again, 95% of our life is run by our subconscious programming and only 5% is our conscious brain. Another statistic that I've heard is that And this is sort of equivalent to what I just mentioned, but our success in life is 95% mindset and only 5% strategy. And if you think about it, these make a lot of sense. So strategy is, has to do with our conscious thinking and our conscious brain. 
and mindset can do with our conscious, has to do with our conscious brain, but it also has to do, mindset has to do with our programming. As a refresher, or maybe this is the first time you're hearing it, super important to know this about yourself and about others. From about ages zero to seven, when we're children, we are predominantly in a brainwave state most of the time called theta. Theta is also known as a brainwave state where we can be hypnotized or easily programmed. As adults, when we're naturally in theta is typically just before we go to sleep at night and also just after we wake up, before we're completely awake and we're kind of in that groggy, lucid, dreamlike state. That is theta. That is why if you've ever heard um, someone suggest to you that you listen to hypnosis tapes before bed or just upon waking. Um, And this goes actually for saying affirmations and meditations, both uh, in the evening before bed and also upon waking, because you're probably most close to that theta state. And that is going to be the best time to reprogram thoughts at a subconscious level. And we will dive into that. There's a bunch of different ways, and I'm kind of skipping ahead here, but in order to reprogram our subconscious, we can do a couple things. So the main way that we know as adults, but it is the harder, least efficient way, and that is through repetition. So you know if you want to get good at a sport, you practice, you do the shot over and over, you build the mind-body coordination, you build visualization skills. Um, If you want to get good at piano, you practice piano over and over. So repetition will eventually create a pattern that then gets downloaded and recorded into our subconscious and put on autopilot. Now, um, another program, for example, that we do through repetition is learning how to walk or brush our teeth or many tasks like this, driving a car and Our subconscious is a great tool for us because it helps us as humans become more efficient and conserve energy. And that's what most mammals and animals do is they conserve energy. When we, if we had to learn, for example, to walk every single time, that would take so much effort and energy so that it's, it's a really good thing that for the most part, unless we have brain damage or an injury, we just remember how to walk and it just is an autopilot automatic program. Same with if you drive a car. You don't really have to think about it as hard as when you were first learning because now it's gone into your subconscious brain. It's on autopilot. So having a subconscious brain really does serve us because it helps us do things on automation. It helps us be more efficient. But the downside is that we sometimes have bad programs that are running on autopilot and we aren't getting the results that we want in our life or we're self-sabotaging ourselves, and this is where it becomes a problem. So the first way that we can reprogram is through this repetition. The second way is through hypnosis and hypnosis is done in a theta state and that's because typically when we're in theta, we are, our subconscious mind is more open and we're more programmable. So hypnotists are really good at bringing us down into this brainwave state. Um, But also, like I said, I mentioned that before we're going to bed and when we wake up, we're in that hypnotic state. So this is the best time to reprogram, um, set affirmations, um, visualizations, and things like that. 
There's a third way, and that includes a variety of different modalities, and we don't have time in this podcast to go into details. But basically, there's a whole bunch of modalities that work with your mind and your body to help reprogram your subconscious more quickly. Some of these modalities include EMDR, which is usually done by a psychotherapist, um, something called QNRT, for example, which is quantum neural reset therapy. Um, this is usually done by a therapist or a licensed practitioner as well. And then also there's something called psych K. Um, and there's many more modalities than this that I'm mentioning, but it specifically works with accessing our energy field, our mind and, and tapping into that subconscious. So leaving that on the shelf for now, just wanted to talk about those. So I want to talk about a quote by Leland Val Vanderwall. And he says, it's all about awareness. There is a marvelous inner world that exists within us. And the revelation of such a world enables us to do, to attain, and to achieve anything we desire within the bounds or limits of nature. This is such important information. You can and will inevitably attract whatever you require for the vision that you are focusing on in your mind, and it will move into its form. It's not an accident. So I'm going to explain something that is very visual, but I'm going to try to do a thorough job of explaining about our conscious and subconscious mind. So we have this power that flows into our physical brain and mind. And you can call this power whatever you'd like. You can call it source or God or vortex or energy. But there is energy and a power that flows into your conscious mind. And then you create thoughts. We all create thoughts that we can think something that no one has ever thought before, or we can think a thought that we've never thought before. We have this unique ability. And then when thoughts you think in your conscious mind, you then can impress upon your subconscious mind and this will inform you to feel the way you feel. It's a super profound statement to say that our thoughts create our feelings, but that's the absolute truth. And that sentence alone can change your life and it's in the process of changing mine. You have this amazing power coming into your brain, into your energy field, and it allows you to focus your mind into a thought, whether that be original thought or a new thought that's new to you. And then that creates a feeling in your body. And a feeling is a conscious awareness of a vibration in your body. So when you're feeling a feeling, that is associated with a thought. And feelings are expressed with and through our physical bodies. But then, of course, we get emotionally involved. And the feelings cause the body to move into action. And it's the actions in our life that, you know, produces results or lack of action that doesn't produce the result. When all of this is lined up, that power going into our conscious mind, we have a thought That thought then creates a feeling and a vibration in our physical body that causes us to take a certain action or not act, and then that causes a result in our life. And I did speak to this 
uh, in the first episode uh, about the mindset model last week. So when this is all lined up, this is what we call an attitude. And some attitudes happen to be more negative, and some are more positive. But what is true, and again, I am a perpetual student of this, I am not speaking to you at all from a place of having this mastered, although I've done a lot of work in my life. But what is true is that we can find what is right or wrong in literally any one or anything or any situation. It doesn't matter what you're looking at. The point is we have the choice and ability to think what we want to think, but the problem is no one ever tells us this. We sometimes have to learn it the hard way and some people don't learn it at all. The key is to both understand and become aware that we actually do have a choice over what we think. And that is a profound thing in of itself. And I did speak about this a little bit last week, and I'll go on to explain more about that. In our conscious mind, which is 5% of the results that we're getting and 5% of our brain function, um, this includes our cognitive thoughts, such as thinking It includes our intellectual and educated mind and the conscious mind, and this is an important point, has the ability to accept or reject anything that enters into it. And I want to add that as a part of the conscious mind, um, part of our ability that makes us human and part of the beauty of our evolution that includes our frontal lobe is that we can do things like we have memory, we have perception, we have will, we have reasoning, we have our imagination, and we have intuition. And these are all mental muscles that we can use that other mammals can't use. It is unique to humans. And these mental muscles are severely underutilized and underestimated as far as how powerful they really are. So our conscious mind is our thinking mind, our educated and intellectual mind, uh, including memory, perception, will, reasoning, imagination, and intuition. And an important point is that the conscious mind can choose uh, to reject or accept anything that comes into it, okay? So as you understand yourself and this idea, things will start to improve just by understanding this concept. Our subconscious mind is vastly different and here's why. That is the emotional part of our mind or our brains. Our subconscious mind cannot reject anything. It must accept everything it hears. It is simply like a tape recorder. So from the ages of zero to seven, a child's brain is literally recording everything that it sees, hears, and experiences, whether that's love or hate or prejudice. So it has no ability to reason or reject. So that's why we get some really lovely programs in our life. We also get some really shitty programs that are programmed in there because our subconscious minds as a child are wide open. So anything that it sees or hears is programmed in. And some people ask, well, how do you know uh, what programs I'm running and if they're serving me? And the easy answer is this. Look at your life and think about the things that come really easy to you 
those are the things where you probably have a program that serves you in that way. And then look at your life and think about the things that are harder for you, that you struggle with, or that you have to work much harder at. Those are probably places where you have a program that isn't in alignment with who you are or what you want to be doing. Or as I call it, it might just be faulty programming. So whatever you're impressing upon your subconscious, that is ultimately what will turn into your results or lack thereof results. And this is where we want to get our imaginations going in high gear because our imaginations are the conscious part of our brain. And what's super cool, and I've mentioned this before, and I'll probably mention it a hundred more times because it's so important and I can't emphasize this enough that our brains cannot determine the difference between what's real, in other words, what we're really experiencing and that which is imagined with a focus and heartfelt feelings. So I've given the example before of the study that they did about piano players who were skilled piano players, but they just hadn't practiced in a while. And they had a control group of people who actually started practicing piano in real life. And they were given an assignment to practice the same amount of time every day. And then there was another group of people who had played piano before, but instead of actually physically playing, they were asked to practice with a, with a strict focus and a vivid imagination and a felt sense with their feelings involved in their body as if they were really playing piano. So they really had to focus. They had to imagine and visualize with their whole body and all of their senses that they were actually playing piano. And guess what? The group that didn't actually play piano proved improved just as much. And I think in another study, that group actually improved more. And this is something that has been known for quite a while, especially in the athletic world. Athletes, uh, you know, train and do biofeedback and uh, practice visualization and imagination ahead of time because it's as if then the body is experiencing it in real time. And what happens is the neurons in the body fire and wire together as if that experience is happening. So you're making a program by visualizing an imagination ahead of time. And the problem is uh, most people tend to imagine what they don't want. If you think about how the brain works, you're actually, by, by imagining like the worst case scenario over and over, you're actually creating more of that in your body and you're wiring more of that in your brain. And so it's not to say, and I do want to make a disclaimer, and I did this uh, last week as well. This isn't, none of this is to say that we are not to have feelings that are negative or that we're not, you know, that we're not supposed to feel our feelings. Um, that's not the case at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The encouragement is to feel your feelings and let them pass through, but to become aware of what you're thinking and how that's making you feel. And when there's a possibility available to you to make a choice, that's what I'm encouraging and suggesting. I'm not encouraging that we feel good on purpose, even when we're not really authentically feeling good. Um, And, you know, just to just to be positive, quote unquote, Today, you have a lot of information coming at you. We all do. We have information coming from other people, from social media, from Netflix, from podcasts. 
And our conscious brain has the ability to reject or accept those ideas. But the problem is a lot of times when we're doing these activities, especially with television, our brain shuts off, our thinking shuts off, our conscious brain shuts off. So we go into like almost like a low level beta or high level theta hypnosis. So what happens is then we passively consume information and our subconscious is wide open to be programmed even to the negative information, such as watching the news or watching messages that maybe normally our conscious brain would reject. So, and sadly, this is how we were programmed. Uh, This is another paradigm is that we were programmed to leave our minds wide open rather to be rather than to be consciously aware observers while we're watching things. So in and of itself, watching something and leaving our mind wide open is another area where we can become aware of that and try to improve that. So as I've mentioned, as an infant or a child, we were programmed and our subconscious was wide open. So anything, any language, multiple languages, Um, things that were really good, uh, the love that we experienced, the hate, the stress, all programmed into us. And at this point in our adult lives, most of us have gathered an abundance of knowledge and information on numerous subjects. But most of us have very little, if anything, to do or knowledge about paradigms, which a paradigm is simply our subconscious program that is playing out. Um, therefore we don't do what we already know how to do. For example, how many people, so many people have superior knowledge, but mediocre results. I mean, there, there is highly educated people that have gone to prestigious schools and have all the knowledge and education, but their results don't match. And that's because their paradigms are in control from their early childhood conditioning and they're not congruent. And so if we want to change our results in life, we have to change the paradigm. And again, another word for paradigm is subconscious programming. So a paradigm is just a mental program that has almost exclusive control. And it's pretty much our habitual behavior. And most of our behavior, as I've mentioned, 95% of it is habitual. One way that we can become I mentioned three ways that we can reprogram ourselves, but in regards to becoming aware of our thoughts, and I touched on this last week again, but what we can do is even if we don't know what we're thinking, we can tap into how we're feeling and we can work that model backwards and we can try to work one thought at a time. Even just becoming aware of a thought is really powerful and eventually we can try to change the thought so that we're programming in something new for our brain. Um, We get overwhelmed if we try to work on too many thoughts at a time. It's just not as effective. So my suggestion is to, and something that I do frequently is I'll do a thought download. And what that means is I'll, I'll write out everything, sort of do a brain dump. And it's kind of like journaling. And I'll write anything and everything that I'm thinking, especially about things that seem challenging or stressful. I'll write it down in my journal and I'll pick out one subject or one topic that's really challenging me or has really got me like emotionally like charged 
or a little bit upset or frustrated, um, or I'll just pick one thing and I'll work on it. Um, not only for that day, but until I feel like there's a resolution in my body and brain about it. And, and you'll just know when there's a resolution for you because you won't feel a charge anymore and you'll just feel a little bit more at peace with the way you're thinking and feeling about that particular thing. And so, you know, um, just re going into bridging the thoughts and what that looks like. I'll give a generic example, but it's really pretty effective. So if I have a client, for example, that is thinking thought like, I don't really like my body. Um, Instead of thinking like, I don't like my body or I hate my body. If I ask that client to jump to, I love my body, that's too high of a jump vibrationally and emotionally on that scale. It's not believable yet to the person and the brain will probably reject it. Um, So you can't go from I hate my body to I love my body. So a more neutral bridging the thought sounds something like this. So instead of saying I hate my body, I would encourage the client to say something like I have a body or this body gets me around or just saying something that's true, but it's a little bit more neutral on that scale. It bears repeating that it is a fact that energy functions on frequency. And a frequency is just simply a level of vibration. And there are in an infinite number of vibrations in the universe. And to say it most eloquently, I'll quote Albert Einstein. And he said, everything is energy, and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. And so why I'm talking about energy is that our thoughts that we're thinking do have a certain vibration. It doesn't mean that they're good or bad, but it means that there's a certain vibration to them. And you're going to get a feeling that corresponds to the vibration of the thought that you're thinking. And that will then correspond to your actions because everything that you're feeling drives your action or lack of action. And then that creates our results. So everything starts with a thought. And just remember in our model, the only thing that's outside of our control and the only thing that's neutral is a circumstance. And those are things that we truly can't control. Natural disasters, someone yelling at us in the parking lot, how tall you are, what color your eyes are, things that are neutral circumstances. Everything else is the lens in which we see the world. And part of that has to do with our programming, but also we can become aware of how we're thinking about things and change it. And the reason for doing this is because it will serve you to change your thoughts. Even if something is true, it doesn't mean that you can't forgive and move on because it's for you. So for example, let's say someone is really saying something to you that is hurtful and is hurting your feelings. What's most important in that situation is not that the circumstance is happening. It's your response and what thoughts you're having about that person saying something to you that matters. You can choose to be upset by it and have feelings by it, but you can also choose to not let it bother you and maybe you make it mean 
that they're having a bad day and you have empathy and you don't then have the same set of feelings that you would have if you took that personal uh, and had different a different set of thoughts about it. And the difference and the whole point between the two options is how are you feeling in your body and what are your results in your life and is it worth it? Do you like your reason? If you want to be mad at that person, fine, but is that getting you results that you actually want and do you like your reason? If you don't like your reason and it's not serving you, it's okay to change your thoughts. You choosing to think about it in a way that doesn't make you feel awful is really crucial for your own body and your own health and your own results. So it, there's a freedom in realizing that we have a choice and that we can do it thought by thought. I think it's really important that you decide on purpose what kind of life you actually want and then you say no to everything that isn't that. I'm going to repeat that. It's really important that we all, you, I, that we decide on purpose what kind of life you want and then you say no to everything that isn't that. It starts with a want. So when that energy comes into your brain and that power, it starts with a thought and an imagination and a want, and then that turns into a desire. And that desire, that desire in you, it comes from your divine spiritual DNA. And that's a perfection inside of you. And granted, that perfection might have a lot of junk on top of it and a lot of pro- bad programming on top of it. But that spiritual perfection when, within all of us, it is divine and it is always seeking expansion and expression with and through us. And it's why we're here and it's why we want more and it's why we expand and explore. Some people tell us to just be satisfied with what we have. And I think that they mean well. And I think that we can have extreme gratitude and surrender and, and accept where we are at in any given moment. I think that those things are medicine. But I will disagree with people because dissatisfaction is actually a creative growth state that is natural to us. And we're told it's wrong, but actually it's a natural evolution because it creates a discomfort in us that, that wants us to reach and stretch. So, I mean, again, we can still feel grateful and we can still accept and feel, you know, grateful for where we're at and really accept who we are. But that urge to grow and expand comes sometimes from dissatisfaction. So I want to encourage that because... After all, that's why I think we're here is to expand and grow individually and collectively and to help the world become a better place. And And my question for you is, what do you really want? It sounds like a simple question, but it's very complex. And seriously, right now, do you know what you want? Because what you want always comes from the essence of who you are deeply. And that's not just to get things. Obviously, getting things is nice and having physical comfort and financial comfort is awesome. And we should want those things. Um, And that's a whole nother podcast, by the way, you know, because 
uh, God forbid we talk about money and wealth and, and want that. When you know what you want and you desire that, then it's letting more of who you are come to the surface and come out of hiding. You are God's highest form of creation and you deserve to get what you want and manifest it and work on it and and love it and dream it. And then the wants turn into desire and then that gives birth to an idea. And then the more you feed that desire, the stronger it becomes. And the desire is the effort of the unexpressed possibility within. And then that seeks expression on the outside through our actions. And desire is what moves us into form. And this is where we're going. And this all has to do with vibration and energy. So I know that that was a little bit more extensive, deep dive into conscious and subconscious, but it's super important. And when it comes to our thoughts, I think that you know, there's a lot of thoughts about thoughts. We can, you know, there's so many culturally accepted ways of thinking that I think can also be challenged. So again, just encouraging you to really sit with what do you want and how can you work on just one thought at a time? And how can you just start with awareness? Even if you don't know how to change your thought yet, can you just become aware that what you're thinking actually may not be serving you and it may be from a bad program. This is the beginning, it's the middle, and it's the end. And if the only thing you ever got from me was to become more aware of your thoughts, I would be a happy camper. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm loving you, I'm appreciating you, and I'm just appreciating each moment. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six-month coaching program. I'll work with just you one-on-one, and I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.rebelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today.